If it's happening now, we're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. I want to spend as much time as I can with Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Give us an update on what is happening with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Obviously, with the Hamas-Israeli war, a lot of the attention has been put there and uh, Ukraine, um, I guess, in the shadow of all of that. And very recently, not a lot of attention given to this, but there was a prisoner swap between Russia and Ukraine. To talk more about this, Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University, and here now. Elliot, thank you for your time. Happy New Year. Well, thank you. It's uh, great to start 2024 with our conversation, Scott. Yeah, we really look forward to another year of this. Uh, we really do appreciate your time. So obviously with what has been happening, we certainly know uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and uh, as of October uh, in the Hamas-Israeli war. How much attention is this taking off the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine? Is this impeding Ukraine's efforts at all? Yes, I think uh, undoubtedly it is. It's not only taking attention, but also resources. So while the world is paying attention, deservedly so, to yet another conflict, and a hot conflict in the Middle East, we have to remember that this is an ongoing uh, war in Ukraine. It's uh, second year now we're heading into, so uh, it's it's really a a pity in a sense that Ukraine has to struggle for attention in what, as they say, if you look at their web pages, Ukraine is fighting the war for us, and there's a lot of truth to that Mm. slogan. So, yes, Ukraine is continuing to struggle against this illegal imperial ambition and the changing of the, of, of the norms of the last 70 years that you can go across a border and change the territorial boundaries uh, by force. So this is really a, a very significant move by Russia that's underway, and we can't forget it. Um, uh, as you mentioned, um, this is obviously taking attention, or Israeli Hamas were taking attention away from this, and we're hearing of funds drying up in the U.S. and U.K., advocates in Canada uh, pressuring our government to put pressure, I guess, on the allies to, to replenish any of that. Is, does any, uh, what's next there? Well, I think that's an indication of Ukraine's effort to see to it that they're not forgotten, uh, as the war goes on and it doesn't become yesterday's news that somehow it's below the fold and then disappears onto page seven or something. Uh, this is a hot war that's going on. The request comes from the Ukrainian National Congress uh, here and you know, obviously representing a lot of the Ukrainian community, large community, uh, Ukrainian community here in Canada, saying, uh, well, look, we know we can't actually make up for all of the deficits in American provision of of money and of arms, but we can at least uh, be sure that Ukraine is not forgotten using our membership in uh, the G20, you know, the G7, NATO. uh, We are actually, you know, kind of important. We tend to underestimate the fact that we are a G7 country in a world where that actually means something and a strong NATO partner as well. We've talked over time, Elliot, well, since all of this began way back when, when Russia said this was a, you know, few-day military operation, it's now dragged on what seems like forever. Uh, And and during that time, we've talked about ways out, uh, how this comes to an end, and and even just attrition, burning each each side out. Has your opinion on any of this changed? Where do you see this going? 
Well, my concern is that Mr. Putin's winning his gamble that he can basically outweigh everybody, outweigh the West, and then change yeah. the geopolitics of the world in his favor and against uh, not only Europe, but against the whole concept of democracy versus autocracy and rule of law instead of rule of force. Uh, he's suggesting all along, basically, that we're going to lose interest, and the danger is that we might be the what we've been calling the the Putin wing of the MAGA movement, uh, that is the Republican Party in the United States, has a strong component in it that really wants to basically, although they're not yet using that phrase and the Democrats are holding it, cut and run, saying, okay, we've given them a lot of money. Uh, we have a problem at our border down here. Why can't we pay attention to that instead of that distant war over there? That's none of our business anyway. Uh, if they can't make a go of it after the money we've given them, well, let's, let's cut our losses. So uh, the uh, struggle in Congress right now is absolutely crucial because uh, Mr. Biden, President Biden, is running out of his authority to allocate funds without congressional approval uh, to what's going on in Ukraine. A major spending package has been held up, as we know, by the Republicans in the House of Representatives, saying we want real action and change on the border with uh, Mexico, we have a migration problem, and somehow that's related to Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan. There's, there's a bill in pending, uh, and a lot of the attention has been saying, oh, it's a, uh, you have to help Israel, but actually the largest portion of the bill that's sitting stuck right now in Congress goes to Ukraine, then to Israel in terms of amounts, and to Taiwan, and we shouldn't forget that uh, potential conflict as well. So the U.S. is trying to maintain it's pledge to stay as long as as necessary and to provide whatever is necessary but it's all mired now into u.s politics and really the fate of not only ukraine and therefore ukraine's um, uh, fate and future really affects the entire west i mean it, it, it affects the world the big picture right now scott is that you know china's trying to push <laughs> push america and us the west out of their region and Iran is trying to push Saudi Arabia to the margins, but to push the Americans out of that region and working with Russia uh, closely, along with North Korea, to help push uh, American interests and Western interests, NATO interests out of Europe and, and obtain dominance. That's kind of the big global picture as we start 2024. Uh, should, in retrospect, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. should this have been handled differently from or by the Allies? And by that, I mean when this first started, dribs and drabs of stuff are coming into Ukraine to help, and then a bit more, then a bit more, and there's always these political announcements, oh, here's more, here's more, here's more. But it was sort of like a really slow process, as opposed to, do you want to win this thing or not? And if you got it going to win, you got to go in gangbusters and then get the heck out. Um, the have we handled this incorrectly? Uh Yes and no. I think it, Mr. Putin's great shock was the degree to which both the EU and NATO could get together very, very quickly and present an opposition, a united oppositional front, uh, both on the EU, but civilian side and NATO, you know, the Connecticut pointy end of the stick side. The unity of NATO and the unity of the EU, which is kind of a, an immediate product of this invasion, mm. I think shocked him. He thought one week war nobody's going to step in and help this little miserable country of Ukraine, which isn't a real country after all, it's really Russia, and we will then change the geopolitics of, of Europe to our advantage, and then we will move on into, you know, Moldova, and and uh, then eventually dismember NATO and, and the EU unity as well. 
All of that was a big shock. Having achieved that, however, the shaping of the war by Mr. Putin by initially threatening you know, military confrontation of a nuclear side has really kept Mr. Biden, who keep repeatedly says the U.S. and NATO are not going to go into a direct war, mm. particularly a nuclear war, with Russia. And that has, after the initial support, which was shocking, I think, to Mr. Putin, has indeed been exactly as you described it. Okay, mm. they want this, we're not, we're not going to give it. Oh, okay, now we'll give it. Now we need more. So right now we're at the stage where the F-16s are the issue, the air cover. Um, the next big stage in this provision of materials is to sustain what they need, lots and lots of ammunition. The anti-aircraft, the air defense systems, a key uh, to this. You know, <laughs> Ukraine is really doing their part. Yeah. Using Western equipment, they have shot down most recently all 10 of the hypersonic missiles that Russia has launched at them. Russia launched this massive, yeah. massive attack on Kiev and Kharkiv in particular, 1,000 missiles of all kinds, but that included their hypersonic missile, yeah. which they said makes us invincible. And so the West is doing its part, but indeed not in the coherent and, and the united way. And we talk a lot about the fact that mm. Russia's paying an enormous cost uh, Scott, I mean, the actual physical cost, but also uh, perhaps a thousand soldiers a day are killed or wounded by, on, on the right. Russian side. Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science with Carleton University. Elliot, we got to get you on for two segments because we didn't even get to the prisoner swap. <laughs> we will get to that soon. Elliot, as always, thanks for the time. Be well. Oh, thank you. Anytime, anytime, Scott, and uh, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.